Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to Catholic Education Plus. I'm Father Tom Burke. The board of the North Hills Regional Catholic Elementary Schools is now in its fourth year of supporting regionalization. So far, the new educational model is working. Enrollment and tuition has stabilized. Academics continue to improve. And students are growing in their faith, making new friends. The North Hills region is made up of five elementary schools located in Ross Township, Wexford, Glenshaw, Aspinwall, and Swickley. The primary goal of regionalization is to provide families with access to Catholic elementary schools that are academically excellent, spiritually vibrant, and also financially sustainable. All parishes in the region share in the operation and support of the schools, which are run by principals under the oversight of a regional administrator and business manager. They are governed by a board of clergy and lay leaders who represent all of the parishes. One of the first leaders to get involved back in 2016 was Matt Petnich, who serves as the president of the board of the North Hills Regional Catholic Elementary Schools. Matt, welcome this morning, and thank you for joining us on Catholic Education Plus. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. And I was the former current pastor of St. James in Swickley, uh, which is part of the North Hills Regional School. So I remember very vividly uh, back when it was formed, uh, back in 2016. And it's hard to believe how quickly uh, the four years has gone by. Now, Matt, you served on the Finance Council at the former St. Teresa of Avila, uh, part of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Parish, now in the North Hills. And even though the parish strongly supported this school, you saw that the need for regionalization and recommended it to the diocese. Tell us the story of how, how this all developed. Uh, certainly, and it wasn't, um, it wasn't just my thoughts. These were the thoughts of not only the, the uh, Finance Council of St. Teresa, but also a number of other parishes that now make up the North Hills Regional uh, Catholic Elementary School uh, system. The, the primary concern was that the parish school model was not going to be sustainable, particularly financially. Uh, enrollments were dropping, expenses were increasing, and the overall burden on the parishes was getting to the point where uh, it, it was it was becoming unsustainable financially. And, and and quite honestly, as a from an educational perspective, as the classrooms got smaller. The opportunities for the children got, um, became less, and, and the staff became less challenged, less collaboration. So um, there were a group of parishes, a group of financial councils that 
uh, met with the diocese, um, who was already thinking about regionalization, and said, look, we really need to accelerate this process. And our primary objective was to, uh, was to preserve Catholic elementary school education. Um, we realized that once a school closes, you may have a merger, but then the domino effect would eventually lead to no opportunity for, for uh, Catholic elementary school education in the North. So um, the diocese uh, agreed to meet with us. We discussed the, the possibilities. Uh, those meetings primarily took place with the pastors and, and the diocesan leadership. Um, from there, uh, it was agreed that we would we would go through the regionalization process. Task force were put together. I was fortunate to work with um, a task force that included members of the former St. Sebastian Parish um, to kind of uh, set out the goal and determine what the region was going to look like so that we could not only um, put something together that was sustainable, but also something that uh, could thrive into the future. Now, obviously, many parents didn't want their parish school merged. Uh, how did you tell them, and how did you work on this? Yeah, the, the parish schools are are very special to parents, and uh, I guess I had the best the best possible evidence of that in my wife because my wife was like, "Wait a minute, what's going on here?" Uh, three of our three kids all went through the schools, and it is a very special environment. Um, I think the 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 primary message to the parents was that, uh, just as I mentioned, why we went into re- regionalization in the first place. And although the um, we wanted it to be sustainable, we wanted this educational experience to be available for future generations. And um, you know, it's t- letting them know that that first of all, there would be Catholic schools for their children's children um, was the goal. And that uh, although the parish schools were going be going away, all those special things that exist in Catholic schools was was going to be preserved, so that uh, things like eighth graders taking care of kindergarten students was still going to be there, and the the the, um, uh, uh, the, the accountability that exists within uh, Catholic schools was going to be there, and the. Uh, participation in the liturgy and the the celebration of sacraments was all going to be part of it, and that just because a merger took place didn't mean that identities, um, individual identities for individual schools couldn't exist. It was a matter of establishing new identities uh, for their school, so that it would be their their primary uh, or, or their little family school, if you will. Um, I also told them that it was um, there was a major advantage to the faculty. Um, there would be much more collaboration. There would be much more opportunity for teachers to explore other options and have colleagues to to exchange ideas with and maybe existed in a very small school. And then St. Teresa of Avila and St. Sebastian's, that became Holy Cross Academy. And then uh, literally down the road, St. Bonaventure, St. Ursula's, and St. Mary's in Glenshaw, they became Blessed Trinity. So you pull your resources together and um, you build on the traditions of the schools and enhance it, and then you start a new identity. And um, all four of my nephews went through the uh, former St. Sebastian School, and now they're grown they're a little bit older now. And it's, it's just obviously, yeah, 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 it change is difficult, but change can also mean new opportunities, just like the parishes coming together and merging and becoming uh, the family. Now, Matt, you merged the schools back in 2017. Uh, what were some of your initial priorities uh, as a board member? Sure. 
In addition, in addition to the mergers you already mentioned, the other um, schools that were part of our initial focus was also St. Alphonsus and St. Alexis, right. which is now Blessed Francis Silos. So the, the initial priorities were to get those schools established. So there was the normal um, just tasks of, of opening checking accounts, getting teachers assigned, making sure that we had uh, classrooms set up so that, you know, the doors could open as of uh, August or September of that year. So it was very task-oriented, very tactical. Um, however, when we went through the process of regionalizing, um, there, there was a good bit of thought given to where schools should be located, what the makeup of the specific school should be in the way of facilities, classroom size, and so forth. So there was a, there was a geographic priority given, then there was also a, a facilities priority given so that we would best serve geographically the, the North region. Um, honestly, the board talked an awful lot about the challenges and some of the things that, that come up because parents and teachers and, and stakeholders of all types had plenty of questions to ask. And, and our first priority was let's get the doors open in the kids in school as fast as we possibly can because we felt like that would begin to solve a lot of the, a lot of the angst. And, and we'll kind of deal with these things as we go. So uh, getting the doors open was the first priority. Getting the kids uh, where they belonged and getting the teachers assigned uh, was, was really the initial priority of the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was, uh, my first assignment was uh, the former St. Alphonsus in Wexford, and now that's part of St. Aidan Parish with St. Alexis, and uh, they share the school, uh, Blessed Francisilius. They're literally two miles apart right down uh, Route 19, so it's That's right. Right, it's working together. Now, you said so the regional model is working in the North Hills with support from the teachers, the parents, and the clergy. What are some of the key changes uh, from the old parish model? So the, uh, the the key changes, I think, are the fact that um, the pastor isn't necessarily the administrator for the school. Um, in the fact, they aren't. So we have a governing body, which is made up of the board members, um, that's a step change in that, um, you know, the, the board has to take on the responsibilities of, of planning and, and goal setting and um, all the things that kind of go into running an organization. Um, the, uh, the other significant change, I think, is that it is a very positive one, and that is this idea of collaboration. So we are, um, we are a larger organization. So instead of a school being standalone and principals being on their own and teachers trying to figure out what's happening, there's, there's a larger organization where um, thoughts and ideas from others can come together more quickly and we can make, um, make good decisions about how we improve uh, the product, if you will, as, as we move forward. Um, it also gives us uh, plenty of opportunities to deal with challenges um, like like the pandemic. There have been some definite opportunities that have, or definite positives that have come out of that because we were a larger organization with uh, better connectivity. Um, some of the key stakeholders are still the same with the parish models. Uh, we don't want any school to feel like they they're going to be a clone of the next school, um, but we have visions and missions that are going to be consistent uh, throughout each of the schools. Yeah, and it's it, it's always a work in progress uh, with it. And uh, being a pastor, and I have three schools uh, here in the East Region, um, St. Bede and Point Breeze, Sister Thea Bowman, Catholic Academy in Wilkinsburg, and also 
St. Benedict the Moor in the Hill District. As a pastor, even though I don't directly oversee any of my three schools, uh, I still have full access to the buildings, walk the halls, uh, we say mass, uh, but the principal uh, talks to the regional director, and and it, it does help the pastors out from a pastor perspective now that we've merged our parishes and, and grown. And, and it's nice to have board members to be invested in that, parishioners that are part of these parishes that have a vested interest in their school, and they have a say. So we have lots more to talk about, so we'll take a break. You're listening to Catholic Education Plus on KDK Radio. Welcome back to Catholic Education Plus. I'm Father Tom Bark, the pastor of St. Mary Magdalene Parish, serving the communities of the East End, Point Breeze, Homewood, and Wilkinsburg sections of the city of Pittsburgh, and also the pastor of St. Benedict the Moore Parish in the Hill District. And this Sunday morning, uh, we are focusing on the North Hills Regional Catholic Elementary Schools. And with me is Mr. Matt Putnich, who is the president of the Board of Directors for the North Hills Regional Catholic Elementary Schools. Now, Matt, you are a product of Catholic education starting back in the first grade all the way through college, and your children also went to Catholic schools. Uh, What are some of the benefits from a Catholic education? Wow, that's, that's a heavy question. <laughs> um, well, I, I think uh, the biggest benefit is that faith is in is the center of the school life. So uh, every aspect of the school life can be centered around that relationship with Jesus and relationship with God. So, um, you know, my grandmother told me very early on that every cloud has a silver lining. And uh, that was her way of expressing faith that, you know, things were going to be fine. And, and I also had an experience in high school where a, prov- a provincial told me, you know, when the days are bad, uh, you can blame God. But when the days are good, you better be sure to thank him for it as well. And, and I think those things exist on a regular basis within the Catholic schools, or at least we want them to. Um, I think there's also a, a sense of community, or a sense of responsibility for others that is built into Catholic schools. I think the um, you, you you learn very early on that it's not all about you, and that it's a uh, a circumstance where we have to do what's right for our our school community, our parish community, and our community at large. Um, of course, that we we can't dismiss the fact that um, the Catholic schools follow along with the liturgical calendar, so they have um, a stronger understanding, or should have a stronger understanding of what's actually happening in the Catholic Church. Uh, and then the sacramental benefits, they, they become part of the, the daily and weekly activities that go on. So all those things um, kind of build, enhance the faith. They, they build a strong foundation for, for people to, to uh, look to live a life of service, to understand that there's a, a, greater, um, a, a greater goal that we are trying to attain here, and um, that there's a level of accountability for all of us in, in uh, our, our communities. Now, last month, the board of the North Hills Regional Catholic Elementary Schools, they sent a letter to the parents and other stakeholders, and you wrote about the key initiatives, such as Catholic identity, which is so important. What makes our schools Catholic and also worth supporting? Because that's huge. Yeah, I mentioned that um, I mentioned that a bit earlier in my earlier uh, answer, and the Catholic identity is, is really around um, faith and hope, it's it's around the fact that um, scripture becomes 
um, some from something from which we learn, but it also becomes part of the tradition. So it's a, a way for us to kind of go back and and um, reflect on that on a regular basis. There's the day to day aspects of it. So respect for each other, respect for human life. Um, I think there's a, a a sense of being part of something bigger that that um, kind of uh, emanates from a um, uh, as being a benefit from a Catholic education that that you're not alone. Um, and of course the the um, uh, the celebration of the sacraments, um, all of which are, are you know very important um, for us in terms of, of being strong, faithful, faithful people. Now, you also said in that letter uh, that the financial impact of COVID on our parishes has been substantial, but the commitments from our parishes encouraging. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, so uh, I think everybody understands that um, um, offertory uh, is something that is, has been reduced recently because uh, uh, our inability to attend Mass as, as we had before. I think the COVID has also affected people's um, incomes, or at least their their feeling of security in that income, um, which again affects the offertory. Uh, I think in in times like that, it's uh, or times like we're living in now, it may be easy to kind of not support things that maybe you support in the past to become more insular. Um, but that really hasn't been the case regarding the uh, support of the parishes and the pastors to Catholic, edu- Catholic education. A big part of our um, financial or our income is the subsidies that we do receive from the schools and the, or I'm sorry, from the parishes and the parish communities. And um, the parishes within our region have, have, have continued to um, make Catholic education, Catholic elementary education, a priority. Uh, which has enabled us to to plan and move forward more um, more confidently. Yeah, we're all in this together, and obviously, uh, as a pastor, I've seen my offertory collections been reduced significantly because uh, we we went from six masses to three masses, and obviously, you know, people are laid off. Uh, you know, pay, um, trying to pay the bills, the rent, the mortgage, um, school tuition. You know, everybody, we're all in this together, and. It's just you just have to keep plugging along, and not only are the parishes affected, but also the schools and the parents too. So, but hey, we we try to do our best and work with what we have, and 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 get through this together as a group yeah. family. Yeah. And the schools. Now, you want to be more strategic in engaging the community in our schools. How do you go about doing that? This has a lot to do with communication um, with our parish communities as well as the communities uh, at large. First of all, I think a lot of times when you talk about Catholic education, there's there are two things that come up. One is that um, uh, it has to do with finances. So you, you end up being in a situation where maybe you, the only communication you have with people outside of uh, outside of the school is, hey, can you, can you give us some money, right? So either via fundraiser or or some type of, uh, of um, planned giving or things along those lines. And, and I, that, that's certainly important, and we certainly need to keep the doors open. Um, but I think that there, we, we also have a responsibility to reach out to the community in ways in which we can help the community. And um, that's part of our mission as a region. Um, it's part of our mission as a Catholic school is to um, help those that need our help uh, participate in things that are going to make the community better. 
because we not only have a responsibility to you know, our citizens, but we have a responsibility to our um, our, our Christian and Catholic community to uh, to help wherever we can. So, strategically, what we're trying to, we're trying to do is communicate better as to uh, not only the success of the schools in the way of academics and ac- extracurricular activities, but also the things that the, the the children and the staff are doing to help the community be better. If we can get to a point where uh, the community says, "Hey, look, whether I decide to send my kids to a Catholic school or not." is immaterial. I, I want the community, or we like the community to think, like, our community is better because that school exists, and, and we want that school to, to be here um, for the long haul. So strategically, we're trying to find ways to um, do, do a better job of communicating, do a better job of, of participating, a better job of being, um, being part of the entire community, um, and, and do that in a way that's uh, humbling, uh, and thankful for uh, the gifts that they give back to us. Yeah. All right. Uh, one last question. We only have a minute left. Uh, and I know that the North Hills region has uh, been a great beneficial to the other regions, the Pittsburgh East, along with the city region, which includes the Extra Mile Foundation schools, and then now the new South region has been organized, and the North Hills has been very beneficial in helping. For parents in the North Hills who may be interested in Catholic education, how can they reach your office and the schools? Uh, well, certainly, the, the, the website address is www.nhrces.org, and uh, our telephone number is 412-837-1056. Good. So check out the website and also um, and, you know, the, 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 four, the five different schools in the region, uh, in, in Wexford, Glenshaw, Aspenwell, and Swickley. It's great to, to check them out, especially for next school year. Mr. Matt Putnich, the Board of Directors, President for the North Hills Regional Schools, thank you for being with us this morning. Thank you, Father. We'll be back in a moment. This week in our Plus segment, we are featuring the uh, Feast of Christ the King. This is the final week of the liturgical season. This feast day is celebrated on the last Sunday of our church year before we start the season of Advent, which uh, is amazingly next uh, weekend. And on this last Sunday, uh, the Church turns its attention to a time uh, of life when we experience it on this earth, when it ends and the eternal life begins. This Gospel parable follows uh, the wise man and the, the foolish bridesmaids, and also last week we heard the parable of the talents. And this concludes Jesus' discourse about the end of time. St. Paul reminds us that the end of time, Christ will triumph over all of evil. And Christ our King gave himself totally while he lived on this earth. And do we recognize uh, one another in the face of Christ? Do we see Christ in those that we encounter? And the more that that we live through the Spirit of Christ, the more God lives in us. So as we celebrate this uh, Feast of Christ the King today, let us look at Christ in all around us, in all that we say and what we do. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? 
we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.